Hello, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this podcast, I will go over highlights from the past week in Lubbock and the South Plains and offer a look ahead to interesting stories our newsroom will be working on this week. I'm bringing in a few of the Avalanche Journal's reporters to share a bit about a few of the stories they're working on. So let's get started. Joining us now is the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter, Mateo Rosiles. We're expecting kind of a busy week on the Texas Tech front coming up. And I know uh, you're looking at the uh, enrollment numbers that are expected to drop later in the week. So can you tell me yeah. a little bit about what you're expecting from that? Yeah, I'm kind of expecting us to have a higher trend because in 2020, uh, Texas Tech enrollment numbers surpassed uh, 40,000 students. And last year, we almost reached 41,000 students on campus. So I'm expecting those numbers to trend increasingly, not significantly higher than um, what we saw in the past, but a little bit more of an increase this year, especially with Texas Tech now being a big player on the stage for inter- research, of course, in the world of uh, athletics and all that stuff. Um, so I'm expecting us to gain more students as the years go on. Yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of really uh, interesting and probably uh, uh, telling data points you're going to be looking at from that, right? Yes, I know. Um, I don't know if we're going to break records again this year like we've done years past. Um, if we do, it's going to be the 14th year straight that Texas Tech has broken these uh, enrollment numbers. Um, it will also be interesting to see what else they report this year. Received a lot of um, donations on the athletics front um, as far as um, the new Womble Center and then the Cody Campbell Field at the Jones AT&T Stadium. So that will be interesting if... Um, that plays into the factors of why we're getting more students, as well as um, this past year, we also saw the Davis College, Kasner, being turned into the Davis College after that um, very large uh, gift. Sounds good. And then I know you're also looking at uh, having a follow-up perhaps later this week or um, regarding the uh, kind of extensive uh, research and investigation you've been doing into uh, Texas Tech Athletics and uh, some concerns with their, uh, I guess, compliance and uh, Title IX and their uh, work toward um, getting that on the right track. Uh, what are you expecting this week? Yeah, this week we're hoping to have a sit down with um, the Texas Tech Athletics Department to kind of go over those numbers now that they, um, as we reported in the story that there were some internal documents that they had. And so they're now going to release that to us and actually go over those numbers that we're supposed to be seeing for Tile 9. And we're going to see if they kind of max up um, with the EADA documents or if they're a little off, which we're expecting them to be just slightly off because they report two different factors, like I said in the story. Um, but ultimately, we hope this will clarify fusions about Ta9 and um, Texas Tech not being in compliance with, with that. Sounds good. Look forward to seeing those updates. Thanks, Mateo. Thank you. And now we're here with the Avalanche Journal's agriculture and natural resources reporter, Brandy Addison. Uh, she's working on a story, actually it's dropping today, um, surprisingly hot take that a lot of people have on the um, Buddy Holly Hall's uh, uh, landscaping. If you've ever driven by or walked by, gone over there for a show, you may have uh, seen what some people think are weeds and some people think is uh, just a nice zero-escaped lawn, but it inspired you to pursue a story. So what, what were your takeaways from that? Yeah, so as you mentioned, a lot of people just kind of mistake it for overgrown weeds or landscape that hasn't been taken care of. Um, But after talking to the landscape architect, Chad Davis, um, and Vikram Baliga, who is over at Texas Tech Greenhouse and Horticulture Gardens, um, this was a really intentional thing to, one, celebrate the cultures of um, where Buddy Holly Hall's biggest supporters are from. So 
they used 11,000 plants total that are all native from um, the Rolling Plains, the High Plains, and the Trans-Pecos, which they felt kind of celebrated the community in which the Buddy Holly Hall has their biggest supporters from. Um, but it was also intentional because, as you mentioned, it's xeriscaping. Uh, this means that they save on irrigation and other natural resources. Um, and he even noted that uh, Chad Davis is who I mean by he. He noted that um, during the winter storm last February where it was um, very cold uh, for several consecutive days that they only ended up losing about 5% of their plants total. Whereas if it was a landscape that had non-native plants, many of those people lost between 50 to 80% of their landscape total. So they saved a lot in the long run, economically, uh, environmentally, and then they, you know, celebrated it culturally. So. Well, thanks, Brandy. I think that will help provide some context to something that's been getting some chatter out there. Thank you. Thank you. And finally, the uh, South Plains Fair kicks off at the end of the week. It will do its 10-day run from Friday through the following Sunday, but it actually starts off with the obligatory buck-a-night uh, $1 rides event on Thursday. I think that starts at 6 p.m., so folks can go out there and ride on as many rides as they can stomach. Uh, and doesn't look like it's going to rain for the week, but I'm sure some will pop up as it usually does. The more interesting things from the fair that I, uh, after I spoke with Jennifer Wallace, the general manager out there, um, I guess last week, are uh, they're implementing a clear bag policy. That's new this year. And the biggest thing that she kind of downplayed, but uh, stood out to me, was that this will be the first year the, the South Plains Fair has, uh, will sell beer. The price point is a surprisingly low $5. So uh, cross your fingers uh, that there is no uh, that the riffraff doesn't show up to take advantage of those prices. But uh, it'll just be at some uh, a few booths and a beer tent, uh, either on draft, uh, some 16 ounces, the normal Bud Light, Coors Light, etc. That will be part of the mix, along with the 40 plus vendors that they have. A lot of nonprofits selling corn dogs, uh, funnel cakes. Uh, things like that for a good cause. So always worth checking that out. I know a lot of folks go out there over their lunch break. There's a lot going on around our community, and we love your story ideas and tips. Please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at labaconline.com, give me a call, or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping that Week Ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock in our area. The lead is produced with the help of the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to checking back in with you next week.